Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Strategic Insights brought to you by Strategic Enhancement Group. And I am Susan Hall, Vice President of Business Development and Performance Improvement. And I'm joined by my colleague, Tim Deitch, who is Senior Performance Consultant and also really excited to have Tim here today because of his extensive experience as a facilitator and counselor coach. So welcome, Tim. Delighted to be here, Susan. Thanks. <laughs> Great. And and Tim, we've been a little bit more general in our previous podcasts about bringing insights around effective selling and leadership. But today I thought we'd get pretty practical and tactical and talk about a tool that, in my experience, is probably one of the number one differentiators for our clients and specifically our counselor clients. And that's discovery agreements. Right. And, and I think that uh, we called this podcast Discovery Agreements That Wow, because I'm sure you've had this experience when you've done a discovery agreement. If your client has never seen one before or he's never he or she has never seen one done well, literally the reaction is, wow. Have you had that experience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a a well-crafted discovery agreement is, you know, what's the opposite of a well-crafted discovery agreement? It's really just a list of next steps. Mm-hmm. And that's what most people are used to. And uh, um, yeah, so, so you know, I know we're going to get into the, to the context and, and, and the why of, of the discovery agreement and the form of the discovery agreement. But for sure, that wow comes from uh, a client or, or a prospect who realizes that uh, they've been heard. And that's yeah. what the discovery agreement does. Yeah. Heard and understood, I think, exactly. Yes. yes. So, so thanks, Tim. And the purpose of today then is to discuss discovery agreements as an effective tool that I think really elevates you as, um, you know, the proverbial trusted advisor, but elevates you as a, as a resource that brings real value. And how I'd like to proceed is just briefly discuss you know, what exactly is a discovery agreement and why should we use one? To your point, you know, the forms, you know, creative ways we can use discovery agreements, Mm -hmm. what gets in the way, and then finally end with some very practical tips for using and coaching them for effectiveness. So that as an outcome of today's podcast, that um, we hope you'll get some very practical ideas for an invaluable tool. Um, that helps you bring more value, close more business, and certainly build strong relationships with your clients. Is that on track, Tim? Anything else you might add to that? No, it sounds fantastic. Yep. So let's dive into what is a discovery agreement and why sh- you should use one. And at its its basic level, a discovery agreement is a summary of your understanding of the customer's situation, their current situation, and their desired situation, where they want to go, what their priorities are, what the impact of that is, so that you can define the gap in between the two before you advocate or recommend a solution. So what would you add to that, Tim, in terms of the definition? Yeah, if I, I think the only thing I would add to it in terms of the essence of a discovery agreement is that what it is, is it's a commitment to review the the content of the conversation you have with someone in the context 
of documenting and being sure you have an understanding of exactly what the prospect or customer needs. Um, and so I, I would just add to the definition, I'd simply add the words, an intentional effort to document and communicate the customer's needs as expressed by them, right? Before any type of proposal or ask is made. Yeah. You know, I think that's a critical point and I've seen salespeople miss that. So, you know, that's so important to remember that this is an agreement. <laughs> There's a reason we call it an agreement. And that means that you need to check with your customer to make sure, is this correct? You know, yes. what have I missed? You know, make sure that you have a conversation with them before advocating so that they're not just, you're not just throwing it out there and hoping that it's correct. And yeah, and, and what, I've, what I've seen in salespeople uh, uh, is that um, there's a tendency to, in this dialogue of discovery and exchange they're happening, that, that's happening, they tend to, if they feel like they have a solution, they tend to jump right to it and simply say, oh, we can help you with that. And, and some of them feel like, well, I'm just, I'm just moving this along. It's more efficient, right? Mm -hmm. If I can just jump right to our solution, why wouldn't I do that? And, you know, I, I think we want to answer that question. Why, why can't I just be expedient? And, why, and, and how is it better that I take the time to uh, stay curious in the conversation and make sure I have the full understanding before I advocate. I love it, love it. So let's let's unpack that a little bit more and right. discuss. You know how discovery agreements, how we've seen them used, how we how we have used them ourselves over the years. You know, and and the the most basic, as we we've already discussed, is to. And I don't want to say basic because I think it's really powerful, but to make sure that your understanding is aligned with your customer's under understanding. Mm -hmm. I was in a meeting not too long ago where one of the, the sales reps said, you know, one of the values that I see from discovery agreements is it helps me remember the conversation so I can go back, you know, and very quickly have a clear understanding of what that customer's gaps were. Yes. So what are some of the other ways that you've seen discovery agreements used? Well, I, you know, I think what they are, one of the greatest values of it, and it's, it's a term I'll use, is, is that it, they keep you honest. And, and I'm not suggesting that the opposite is that you're a dishonest salesperson. It has more to do with being, they're keeping you honest in terms of keeping the client prospect needs first. And when you say in advance, uh, when you're in a dialogue and you say, I'm going to make notes and I'm going to send you a summary of our conversation, um, I, I, it, it, you're, you're entering into a contract with, uh, with the other party to capture what matters to them. And then when they show that you did, you're building a most basic level of trust. And yet there's no question it has these other values of it's a great reminder because it may, you know, we all know it could take weeks before a decision is made on a commitment. 
or on a sale, but it allows you a well-crafted document allows both parties to be able to go back and remind themselves as to what was happening. So that's my first value point is it keeps you honest. It keeps their needs first and it shows them that you want to know what matters most and you take the time to write it down and confirm it. That is trust building at, at a very high level. I think there's an, another value too, and that's from that's from a coaching standpoint. Not only a manager coaching the rep who writes the discovery, but I remember when I first started doing discovery agreements, and I I I you know meet with my client and you know have this great meeting and come back to my office and open up my notebook and start writing my discovery agreement, and and all of a sudden I'd realize, wow, I am missing some serious pieces of information. Yeah. Yes. Now and and so it's a great way to to realize the gaps in your knowledge, so that you can you you can you know ask those questions or you know make sure that you remember to ask them the next time. Right. It's when I send that discovery agreement off. You know. So so let me just pick up right where you just left off. When I write discovery agreements, and if I feel like there's a gap. I'll send the discovery agreement to them and then actually just say that out loud. I'm not sure. I may be missing a couple of things. Do you think these things, you know, I may list them things like maybe I didn't understand yet the actual process through which they'll make the decision. Maybe I just didn't ask that or who else is in on the decision of a sale. Maybe I didn't ask that. So I'll, I'll actually I'll actually say that out loud in the discovery agreement or excuse me, in the in the communication of it to say, I think I might be missing these. Are these important? And then can we can we go ahead and strengthen this? Yep, right? that's that's great. And that also that also prevents you having to go back and forth to Absolutely. the customer as well. You know, you want to respect their time yeah. as well. Yeah. So I, I also think that there is huge value in terms of internal communication. Um, you know, most of our clients have complex sales. They have their business development people that work with project managers. They work with implementers, with, uh, you know, could be engineers, scientists, whatever. And so it's really critical that they share important client intelligence. So to have a good, well-written discovery agreement, you know, even download that into your, drop that into your CRM um, so that everyone has access to it, just helps you appear that much more credible in front of your customer. I was actually with a, a customer a couple of weeks ago and they said, you know what? We sent our project managers into a client without having our discovery information. And we don't want to appear dumb. I mean, we want to appear smart. And I think that that's what discovery agreements can help you do as well. They, yeah, they really can. And as a further to the internal, the value of sharing it internally, um, when I coach my clients, we discuss it in the context of, of holding ourselves accountable to the progression through a pipeline. Mm -hmm. in, other, in other words, the discovery agreement uh, if used as a fundamental tool is proof that you're moving through the pipeline, right? So you're holding yourselves accountable by documenting the dialogue, proving that it's moving forward and sharing that with others internally. You know, you know, it's a, it's a sales manager's a uh, uh, big lament when a salesperson, you know, when they ask, hey, how's it going with that prospect or with that opportunity? 
and the person simply says, oh, it's going great. You know, we're getting to know each other and, and you know, it's, some things will take time, but it's going great. And, and it's, it's like, all right, the discovery agreement requires you to document what you mean by great. You know, what are you learning? What is, what is telling you that this conversation is actually going to progress towards a sales opportunity? Right. It's, it's yeah. really one of those great leading indicators right. um, for where we are in the pipeline. Yeah. You know, that it, it, it's, it's a measurable, observable metric, if you will, if you've got a good discovery agreement that here's where we are in the process. Yes. And, and also, I think, you know, I've, I work with organizations where they don't allow additional resources until their salespeople deliver a well thought out discovery agreement. Yeah. And I mean, because think about it. I mean, how many how many times, you know, as a sales leader yourself, have you had salespeople come and say, well, we you know, we need to send an expert, a subject matter expert in to this. Well, how do we know we need to do that? I mean, before right. we 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 take two days of somebody's time, buy them a plane ticket, you know, send them across the country. You know, why are we doing that? You know, show me. Show me. <laughs> yes. And discovery agreements help with that as well. Yes, I, and I have several clients who are uh, in the in the comprehensive solution business. They're not uh, they're not just in a uh, in, in a in a single point of solution. They mm -hmm. want to over time with this with this customer be able to provide a multiplicity of solutions that that create a larger value, right? And if you if the discovery agreement helps you illuminate the possibilities for for providing solutions on multiple level or 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 as i say it's more of a comprehensive and it shows you the, the the discovery agreement will show you the degree to which the discovery is surfacing that level of possibility as opposed to simply saying, yes, we talked, they could use this widget or this single solution. And, and I, you know, sales managers in a comprehensive solution environment can look at the discovery agreement and realize, oh, they're not going deep enough at all. They didn't, right. you know, they're not asking about it. Great that you got a little sale, but you're not, I see that you're not asking about this, that, or the other thing uh, that can lead to a much bigger uh, partnership. Absolutely. And, yeah. and more value to the customer as well. Absolutely. So, so, you know, another practical way of using this or another value, I think, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about discovery agreements, um, you know, and, and how you can use them. But how many times have you, and this is to our listeners, you know, walked into a presentation and perhaps you're advocating, you're getting ready to advocate now. And you've had an opportunity to do discovery with, you know, two or three or four people, you know, whoever that might be. You walk into a meeting and oops, there's those surprise three other people mm -hmm. that show up in that meeting that you have not had the opportunity to do discovery with. And by the way, you're there to advocate. So you don't know anything other than their name and their title. Now, hopefully you've done some homework. So you've asked who's going to be in the meeting. So you're not so surprised, but inevitably that's going to happen at some point in your sales career. By putting up the discovery agreement in your presentation and before advocating, starting with what you know, here's our understanding of where your organization is now, where you'd like to be. That's a great way to check in 
with everybody. You know, yeah. what else may, you know, for, for the, for the people that we haven't yet had the opportunity to speak with, what do you think about that? What's the impact of this on your part of the organization? What are your concerns? So you can actually do on the fly editing of your discovery agreement and understanding. And so use that as kind of a foundation so that when you do advocate, you're touching those points as well. Right. And what's the, what's, what's the key interpersonal element in that, in that example? It's that the discovery agreement mirrors their words back to them. And so it's not as though you're coming with a proposal that is all about you or your assessments. What you're simply doing is is holding up the the what you've learned together so far about the situation. And that's where, like in the example you provided about, now there's suddenly three newcomers in a room that has swelled from potentially like two two or three to now six or five. You're beginning with their words, not your words. You you don't have to start all the way over now that new players are in the room. And and this document gives you the chance to 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 proceed from strength. Absolutely. And don't you find that starting with that as well, just your credibility goes way up in the yeah. organization. Yeah. Um, because it it really is about a conversation. It's always about a conversation, a dialogue with the customer, you know, not telling, 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 but just, you know, discussing and understanding before right. recommending. Absolutely. So we've we've talked about you know a number of the values of discovery agreements and why you would would want to use them. Let's talk just briefly about you know kind of the the forms and creative ways to use them. Right. And so just as a reminder, the 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 pieces or the structure of a discovery agreement really include four different components. You know, one is background, you know, just a, an understanding background. And usually in background, I include, you know, what are their strategic objectives? What are their goals? What are they trying to accomplish? What are the business issues and priorities? That's the background information. Then an understanding of their current situation, third, their desired situation, and fourth is next steps. So, you know, we, we talk in, in counselor sales that discovery agreements can be either um, verbal or uh, written. So, you know, at its most basic, a verbal discovery agreement is really a summary of your mm -hmm. understanding, and it's That's a good right. way to begin every conversation. Let's focus the our conversation here today on documented. And, and Tim, so how, how have you seen discovery agreements kind of what form have you seen them take in your coaching and any, any, you know, thoughts, ideas, tips that you might share with our, our listeners today around that? Right. Um, well, I want to make clear from the outset uh, of those, those elements that you described, background, mm -hmm. their current situation their desired situation, and then next steps, right? You notice there is at no point in there a solution mm -hmm. being positioned. And that's that I want to be clear on that. This document is not a proposal document. It is that summary, right? So I want to make, make very clear on that. Um, in terms of the form itself uh, and the coaching that I've done with my clients uh, who are really committed to it, you know, they they imagine in the beginning that this thing must be three, four pages long because, you know, especially if I've had rich dialogue and we've just gone back and forth and learned a lot of things. Well, the reality is, is it doesn't need to be 
at all. Um, I think, you know, bullets, documenting the bullets are key. Um, confirming, and those bullets clearly are what you believe to be, uh, you know, let's say the top three priorities of all the conversation, the top three priorities for their current situation, the top three um, uh, intentions about their desired situations, you know, the key next steps, not just, not just a set of tasks, right, but the essential next steps. So what happens is, is uh, when, when people, um, when, when my clients, when they make the quote mistake of writing three pages, they look at it and realize, oh, this is crazy. I don't, I don't even need to do all this. My, my, my customer prospect doesn't want to read three pages. They want me to put this in a succinct way. And what that actually ends up doing doing is it it's it's helping the salesperson be a better um, uh, be, be stay in discovery to confirm what the client believes are the top priorities you know so you imagine a question where they say well all right we've covered a lot of ground I've made a lot of notes so of your current situation tell me the top three things that are most pivotal for you mm -hmm. top you know to, in your environment, tell me what's most important, and that's what I'm going to capture for our, uh, you know, for the longevity of our of of what we're talking about of this opportunity. Yeah, well, and I think that's one of the values that we bring too is to take all of that information and synthesize it in a way that's meaningful yes. and brings value. So we're not just regurgitating that information. And, you know, it's the old Churchill quote, you know, if you want me to speak for 30 minutes, it'll take me a week to prepare. But if you right. want me to speak for three minutes, I'm going to need a month. <laughs> and so so taking all that information and 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 not just consolidating it, but but looking for patterns and threads and putting that together for the customer in a way that makes sense. It's succinct. It's meaningful, brings value. Yes. In yes. fact, and and. Tim, you were dead on. You know, I don't think anybody wants to read a four-page document. Nobody nope. has time to do that. In fact, I've found um, that even having a PowerPoint slide or two with a graphic depiction of a discovery agreement can be very effective. So if right. you picture one a PowerPoint slide with two columns, with one column being your current situation and those bullet points, the other column being the desired situation and those bullet points, you know, maybe with some arrows representing the gap in between. Yes. Um, that can be a great discussion document for your client um, that can be very effective in presentations. And I also can't tell you how many times I've seen those discovery agreements show up in customers' internal presentations to their internal customers yep. as well. Yep. So we're actually going to include a link to that graphic um, that we'll tell you about at the end here, how to access that. So right. if our, our listeners want to um, to look at a, a, a template like that, you can certainly do that. So yep. verbal, documented, again, we don't have to make this complicated. So let's briefly talk, Tim, about what gets in the way and then move on to some, some very practical tips. So, I, I, and I, what do you think gets in the way? of people writing discovery agreements. We've talked about all of these values, you know, our, our customers see the value. So why don't they get written? Well, you know, clearly what my clients tell me is it's it's time, mm -hmm. right? And um, 
that is i i'm not going to call it a lame excuse it's legitimate because it but but it always comes down to well how do we use our time mm -hmm. you know we are going we if we're if we're if we're a good salesperson we've always been in the habit of communicating at least next steps and appreciation for time spent with us right all we're saying here is let's get good at a, at a format that allows you to to document as we've as we've described in the definition that allows you to document a summary of the conversation let's move away from simply indicating next steps and sort of high level platitudes let's say hey thanks for the time to simply say all right this is the essence of what you what you told me of our conversation this is the basis for which i'll be thinking about you going forward so Yes, the first thing they say is what gets in the way. Well, I don't, I don't have time to do something this comprehensive. Mm -hmm. Well, I, my answer to them, quite frankly, is well, I, I guess you don't want the best possible experience and possible <laughs> sales experience. Oh, you know, sales outcome, do you? You know, so it's a ch I get it, I get it, I challenge on that one. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's your experience. You know that? what? I, I I completely agree. I think that's the answer we hear most often. But I yeah. think here's the real answer. Poor discovery starts with poor questioning. Poor discovery starts with poor questioning. Right. And and that is, you know, back to you open up your notebook and you just don't have the material there to work with. So, you know, we we're presuming here that, you know, you're asking good questions and by good questions, it's those open-ended questions, those feeling finding, you know, opinion finding, impact questions. So, you know what you know what is your your current flow rate you know what would you like it to be what would the impact right. of that be on the business on you you know those impact those consequences questions the more you ask those questions the better your and more meaningful your discovery will be right and so I, I i i'll go a step further i recommend that they um structure the discovery in the same structure as the discovery agreement right and you we'll and you actually can you, yeah you actually can say up front in this meeting so here's here's what we're going to cover i want to get a really in-depth understanding of how you got to this moment right that's current and a clear understanding of what you what your most desired outcome would be how I can, you know, that if I was helping you to the greatest uh, extent possible, um, what would be solved, right? And and so what you do, and that's and when you set up the meeting in that fashion, you're basically populating a discovery agreement right. as a result. Right? Oh, I like that. I think this so set it up right in your your purpose process payoff in the beginning Absolutely. of your conversation. Yeah. So let's let's dive since we're there. Let's dive right into tips then. Okay. Um, on that note, I know one of the things that I found useful is not only, to your point, setting up the conversation that way, but when you take notes, literally draw a vertical line down the middle of your paper with one side being current, right? one side being desired, and then just little notes to yourself. Um, you know, I, I still do this to this day after, you know, couple of decades of writing discovery agreements but you know those just reminders to ask those so what questions those impact yes. consequences questions and then um next steps yep. never leave that conversation without next steps not what you think the next steps are but 
you know, certainly you'll have some ideas that you'll share with the customer, but what would they like to see as next steps? What's yeah. their timing? So that again, it's all about focusing on them. And, um, and you know what that does when, when you have a next steps space in your notes, what that does is it allows you to ask that golden question in this moment that, that basically says, so if we're to move forward, what would be the best way to move forward? Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's a discovery question, but you're also moving the sale forward. Right. right? And, right. and, and so, so From the customer's point of view from the, yes. And they're giving, it's a permission question, right? Mm -hmm. They're giving you permission to think now we're going to, to we're going to take this base of knowledge that we've just dialogued on and we're going to move forward now and you'll guide me. You know, right. what would, it, from your perspective, what would those next steps be? And can we go ahead and write those down? Yep. You know, another tip is don't procrastinate. Um, yeah. You know, this, and I'm, I, I'm guilty of this because, you know, discovery to, to do a well-written discovery agreements, they, they take a little bit of work again, because I don't want to just spit out everything I've heard. I want to be able to bring value and share insight and that takes some thought to do. But right. my experience has been that if I wait, you know, and you know, I, three other, you know, other things will come up, other emails will come up, and my brain just forgets a lot of that nuanced information that I didn't happen to take notes on. Right. So, you know, as quickly as you can get back and draft your discovery agreement, um, I, I think they tend to be more effective that way. Yeah, no question. No question. Um, another tip, I think, is for coaches, and that's to ask you know, ask your team to see their discovery agreements before accessing resources. We've already talked a bit about this, but um, when you do write your discovery agreements, to look for gaps in your own knowledge and information. And to your point, Tim, to be able to send that along with the discovery agreement, you know, in, in your communication that, hey, I think I've missed a couple of things here, you know, could, can you please fill this in or even leave a question mark in your discovery agreement, schedule time to talk with the customer to make sure that you, you are in fact aligned and right. you're, you're filling in those missing gaps. Right. Right. What else? What, what other, any other tips from your perspective, Tim? You know, uh, yes, this is a, um, th this is sort of a fundamental in terms of a tip and that is, uh, just uh, do it and, and, um, make it a challenge to make it as succinct as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you, you know, um, it, I used the example before of, of salespeople I've known who wrote, write it in three pages, and then they soon realize the, the fallacy of doing that, and then they, they move to one. So I look at a tip as saying, you know, make this a challenge. Take an hour of dialogue with the prospect, or 20 minutes, it doesn't matter, and put it all on one page. Make mm -hmm, it fit because mm -hmm. what that does is it, it actually does illuminate that gaps. As you were saying, you know, look for gaps in your discovery. Well, when I've got to fit it on one page with three top priorities I learned from the prospect, um, it makes it even clearer uh, an element that might be missing. Right. So that's my tip is consider it a challenge to fit it all on one page in the in a readable font. Right. And, uh, and, and sort of embrace that challenge to say, I, I can cut to the chase here. Great, great. Yeah. Well, 
Well, Tim, thank you so much. And and I yep. wanted to just quickly summarize here. We've covered a lot here. And our listeners know that we are, Tim and I love having discussions about this. We love learning how you're using discovery agreements, what you found works or what challenges you've had. Um, but we've, we've talked and shared some practical tips, also some ideas for how you can use them to coach drop them into your system to see where you are in, in your, your sales process funnel. And, um, but there's, there's a lot of different ways to use them. So we certainly welcome your input. We'd also like you to check out the link in the podcast description for a free PowerPoint template download of the discovery agreement format that we discussed today, the one pager that we think you might find useful. Tim, thanks again for joining us today. And for our listeners, if you have any further questions or would like to discuss, please feel free to reach out to us at strategicenhancement.com.